What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. Hey, what's going on, you guys? Thank you for listening to another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. And I could not be more excited and honored to have Chris Bale on this episode. He's a master energy worker, sexual alchemist. Uh, He's done a lot of things that I've followed along on his social media and his various podcasts he's been on. And I'm just so honored to have him on the podcast, brother. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. I Hell yeah. We feeling this morning that the last probably 10 podcasts I've been on has all been with women. Um, mm. So mm. I'm like, yes, get a man. Yeah. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Looking forward. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited to kind of get into uh, your journey, obviously, and working with men and then starting to be called into working with women as well and, and all that sort of thing. But so much of your your story has really resonated with me. Um, and without necessarily <clears throat> going into all of that per se, I do know just having listened to you on other podcast episodes, uh, we grew up similarly and just in the sense, and I feel like it resonates with a lot of men that I just got programmed to be this kind of sweet, understanding, um, apologetic, uh, even sometimes weak, little boy. And that had its ripple effect into my life as a man and really finding myself at 30 years old when my marriage crumbled, being like, where the fuck am I? Who am I? What is this all about? And uh, (laughs) when did I ever really choose intentionally into all of these beliefs and, and ways that I was raised? And I started to kind of unravel that. And I felt like you you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you kind of had similar, even from maybe a younger age of being like, screw this. Cause you were <clears throat> told those that are, that maybe don't know you, you were born in Ireland mm-hmm. and had a similar, but different, of course, experience in that sense of being programmed certain ways. <laughs> well, the similarity I think is, is just how masculinity is uh, treated, right? How men are treated just yeah. for men and for having genitalia and uh, having certain attributes. So because of that, and then combining the Irish culture and the Catholic church and so many other um, insidious ways of conditioning someone, having them all come in kind of amalgamates in one, and then you have this very manipulative, nice guy who is starving inside and then has to get his needs met by manipulating through his niceness Um, yeah that was definitely a huge part of my process i've also just always been very sensitive uh, in general emotionally energetically which Mm. is a lot of what kind of informs the energy work and the type of work that i do now so also having that aspect of things made it quite challenging but it was beautiful because it supported me to face what I needed to face and yeah. actually have it become a strength rather than a weakness. Yeah. yeah. I've thought of that too, in terms of like having been raised primarily by women and now mm-hmm. seeing that as, um, and having kind of my feminine, would you say overly developed, um, and both kind of like the, the light and the shadow of the feminine and using that now as a, a huge gift. But at the time I felt like, uh, I remember being called out by one of my teammates in high school uh, on the basketball court. And he's like, you fucking fake King. I, I see you. You're wearing a mask. You're such a fake. You're doing And I was like, yeah. Like my initial response was like, you're totally right. Like, I know it. You're just the first person to have the balls to actually call me out on it. And the dude was very 
masculine and I looked up to him so much, but I was so intimidated by him, you know, but that was like, that's been the underlying fear probably until I really started doing my own work at 30 of being like, I'm trying to pull the wool over people's eyes that I'm, I'm a man and I know what, what I'm doing and I'm intentional, but I'm so lost. And I feel like so many men are hitting that threshold of me like, fuck this dude. Like this is the way that I've been programmed and, and whether it be a midlife crisis or whatnot, it's like, I'm, I'm tired of doing it this way and it's not working. I'm I, life is blowing up, you know, but I feel like it's, it's in large part because we've disconnected from the energetics of our body and we just stay from the neck up. Yes. Right. And mm-hmm. talking with my coach, Christine Hasler and Stephanos, like so much of that is like getting back into breath. We're getting so much back into my body. I had lost that because similar to you, such a sensitive little guy. And I remember being so ashamed that I would cry so often and I worked so hard to repress it and suppress it that then I became a man, quote unquote, when I started not crying, <laughs> I was like, oh, I got this under control. And that probably is when it really started to unravel, you know? So I feel like so much of your story I connect with. And I think so many guys that are listening, men and women, let's be honest, listening and watching this are going to resonate with your story too, because it's, it's like that whole process of like suppressing it. And then it started to leak out of me in aggression. That was really toxic, you know? So do you see that as a common practice in your work too? I generally see men going one of either way. It's kind of adopting the same coin, but they either go to bad boy, aggressive, or they go the opposite direction, which is super nice. But the core desire is still the same. Mm -hmm. Just different mechanisms to try to get themselves fed which of course uh, never really ends so well for anybody involved in those scenarios. And yeah. we were really lacking sovereign, balanced, integrated men who are allowing themselves to be powerful or allowing themselves to be dangerous as fuck because we're supposed to be dangerous. That's what we're here for. But what are we protecting through our dangerousness? What are we serving? Or are we raping and pillaging and trying to get our own ego you know validated by what we can conquer so the lack of the lack of conscious role models embodied role models i think that's the biggest problem 100 percent. because man we you know i didn't have anyone to go to when i was in my process it was just me having to stumble around and, and figure shit out so mm-hmm. I'm hoping that the more this starts to grow and the more this starts to snowball, that there will be larger containers, larger group offerings where younger men can actually be around men who are men who allow themselves be that as deeply as as it means to them. Because obviously every man is different. Uh, So that's really how I'm kind of feeling about the way things are going right now. But the most beautiful thing we can do as men is be an example, be an ambassador for healthy masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. But then we have to define healthy masculinity. Yes. Because uh, maybe a feminist will say that healthy masculinity is a man who just agrees and obeys and you can put him in your pocket. Yeah. That's only because she's, um, you know, she's very identified with her wounded feminine, which of course there's a lashing out happening. It's very nuanced. It's very intricate. There's so many mm-hmm. patterns that spiral mm-hmm. through our relations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's a big piece for sure. It's a huge piece. Absolutely. And there's so many different ways that I have like questions popping off in my head right now. Um, one thing that you mentioned though that, that really resonates too, uh, I remember sitting with a, you know, counselor and when I was in high school, they're like, you know, we need to start thinking about where you want to go to college. And do you know what you want to study? And a lot of other people, a lot of my other friends were like, yeah, I'm going to become an accountant or a doctor that I was so lost. (laughs) I remember she kept on pressing me for an answer. And it was so interesting that words came out of my mouth that I didn't even know where they came from. I said, you know what? I don't know what I want to study, but what I do know is that I want to be an example for what's possible as a man. And she kind of looked at me and was like, and I was like, who did that, who did that come from? Like, I have no idea, but it was in me, this deep desire and this like to, 
to be a man, to be honorable, to be an integrity, to be, and that's what this whole podcast of my whole mission, granted, I have a, it works with my last name, but truly it's been on my heart for a long time is to, to be a man that's worth emulating. Cause I don't think there's that many, you know, I've seen, I'm seeing them come and you're one of them, like Traver's another one and Stefano, some men that are rising to the, you know, taking this lead, which is amazing. Thank God doing this work. But I agree with you growing up. I had none of it and it became very manipulative for me just to just to manipulate the the feminine to get their approval which then oh made me feel secure for a heartbeat you know mm-hmm. the the mother wound right oh my god yes yeah yeah unfortunately you know it took my mom passing away and my marriage dissolving for me to really kind of wake up to that <clears throat> mother and then my father wound and all that good stuff so there's a lot of things obviously that we a lot of different ways we could go down the the rabbit hole, so to speak. But going back to what we were talking about earlier, which is like, I realized suppressing so much of my connection of being a very sensitive kid as well, similar to you and and my feeling very emotional a lot of times and crying and being connected with how I'm feeling, but of course had no mentorship. I suppressed all that until uh, I would ultimately... I guess I'd never, I found myself as never, I would never lose my temper typically, unless I mean, I did have outbursts every once in a while, which I was deeply ashamed of, but I found myself suppressing it so much, but I was, I was also very, very scared of losing my shit because I was not talk about being, uh, you know, dangerous, but not being a danger. Like I was really scared. I was going to hurt someone. And so I've really had no sense of like safety in my anger and just looked at it as such a, a negative uh, emotional expression that I uh, obviously suppressed it, you know? So mm-hmm. getting back into the work that you're doing that you have done with men, because I feel like a lot of times anger shows up first, but underneath the anger, as you all know, it's like all the other layers of shame and mm-hmm. loneliness and sadness and how, how do you begin to work with men who have been living only from the neck up also like in analysis paralysis of their lives, knowing that what they're doing in life isn't working, even though on paper, it might look good right? to get them into their body, to start connecting with themselves, to start connecting with their woman and their children and their community. Like how do you begin that process Hmm. as a coach? So there's, there's one or two different angles or approaches in my experience with that. The first part for me is I want to expose him, right? There's no opportunity for him to be let off the hook if he's in front of me. Mm. For me to honor him as a man and respect him, that's a part of what he's called me into just by being in front of me. So I'm going to see him probably deeper than he's ever been seen before. And he's going to be called out on that in a way that is loving and supportive, which can also almost be more challenging, right? Because there's heart involved in it. It's not just aggression that I'm bringing to him. I'm bringing him firmness and directness, but I'm bringing compassion and love to him Uh from the developed feminine aspect of me. And that is the part where men sometimes are like, oh, this is, I need to get away from this. I'm feeling emotional. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And yeah, yeah. So that's the first thing is really exposing him. So we arrange through all his stuff and we pull it out and we just drop it in front of him and go, this is your life right now. This is what's going on. This is what you're ignoring or this is what you're avoiding or this is where you're wanting to grow and develop, but you're moving in the opposite direction. Why? That's the smaller part of it. That's the 20%. Everything I do first and foremost is energetic, whether people believe in energy or not, it makes absolutely no difference to me. When I'm engaging with a man, how I bring him from here into his body is just by being around him, Mm. by speaking with him, by seeing him, by feeling him, by being fully embodied myself so that when I'm in his presence, his body starts to wake up, his truth starts to wake up, parts of him that have been laying dormant, that have not been allowed to be expressed, that have been hidden, that have been given no space to be brought up and to really be discussed, all of that starts to quiver in him, 
right? There's a quivering that starts to happen and then it starts to come up to the surface. But mostly I'm not really doing anything. I'm just living my life. I'm being here the way that I'm supposed to be here and mm. doing my work every day. And then I show up with him and I, I speak with him from that place. And because we all come from the same thing, that just naturally sparks, that naturally illuminates, that naturally mm. wakes things up in other people. Whether it's men or women, there's just different responses based on sure. being a man or a woman. Mm. Um, but it's all about exposing. It's all about him realizing that he has been asleep at the fucking wheel for probably the majority of his life seeing that most of the motivations behind his actions, behind his words, his communication, even the directions he wants to go in, that those motivations are usually coming from trauma. They're usually coming from conditionings. Because if you were to sit with a man and, and really press him for, if you could have anything be exactly the way that you want it right now, what do you want? Most men freeze in that situation because he's afraid of saying something that will be received as being bad or being dirty or being perverted or mm -hmm. being creepy or uh, being too much. You know, these are all fears that he carries. So, men, mm. we turn ourselves down. So, we, get back down and we get back to fucking work. So, that is the part of him that needs to be woken up first him remembering how fucking powerful he is. Like how needed he is right now on the planet. Just to look around and see the condition that women are in. Right? She's starving. She's not being seen. She's not being felt. She's not being held in a deep way. She's being mishandled and lied to, manipulated, abused, or so many other things. Not because the man wants to do it, but because we've been given no other option. Mm. You've not been guided potently. So that's that's really my intention in the work that I do is to have him first feel sense of his power, which is just sitting in him, and then allowing his own power to come up and open him to himself. Mm. Right? But he can't go the other way. And that's the problem in our society and in spiritualism and all of this other stuff that's that's trendy right now. Oh man, open your heart. Man, be in your heart. All these practices are about the man being in his heart. How the fuck is he supposed to be in his heart if he's not comfortable being in his cock? Mm -hmm. Being in his penetration, being in his firmness, being in his directness, being in his ability to stand up straight, say who he is, what he's here for. We open ourselves. That's what masculine energy does. That's why a woman wants to be around it. It's because it penetrates her if it's of integrity and if it's in yeah. integrated. Mm -hmm. It penetrates her and it blooms her heart. It opens her heart. It inspires her into deeper love, right? The reverence and the respect that this man has for himself, her, and community opens her. But that also opens our heart. That's why if you're a man who doesn't show up for himself, if you know you're full of shit, if you know you're hiding, if you know you're not going for the things that you want to go for, you'll feel terrible about yourself. I know because I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Just feeling, and I don't want to use a derogatory word, but I'm going to use it anyway because it's true for so many of us men, you know, feeling like a pussy. Mm -hmm. God damn it, like, why didn't I just go and do that thing? Why didn't I go and express myself? Why didn't I stand up for myself? And that closes us and makes us smaller and smaller. So as men, we open ourselves via our truth, via our ability to really communicate from our authenticity, but then to feel and communicate your authenticity, you have to be able to be in contact with it, right? So you have to be in your body. You have to start cultivating a relationship of presence so that what you're communicating is even coming from presence. Mm. Presence, I feel like is, I mean, it's a great segue. 
Mm-hmm. I have experienced, because uh, I, I coached women primarily for eight years before I've moved into working with men the last three or four years. And mm-hmm. so many of them with the various challenges that they work through, I felt like, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong with your experience, mm-hmm. has been a result of them exhausting themselves because they don't feel safe in the world. And so uh, I feel like that's a big part of what I find myself doing in, in current relationships with women um, over the years, you know, in, in every single, you know, <laughs> I'm very much of a monogamous person, but when I'm with a woman, like I, a big part of my energy, I feel like is not from a coddling or like, a, oh, I want to um, manipulate that sense, but just to feel like I actually, in integrity, I feel like I need to create a soft place for her to land. And to bring her chaos, to bring her energy, to bring her storm, if that is what she needs to express and to have it be like every shades of the feminine to be okay, you know, Mm -hmm. and to allow her to, to know that I'm immovable, you know, um, and that, and that could totally be wrong in in that sense. I'm, I'm open to, to feedback, but I feel like men, uh, in finding that embodied, energy that you're talking about starting with their cock and then moving up into, you know, if you, if you will, all the various chakras into your, into your heart and making it being an aligned system that men will find that not only will they have a deeper connection with themselves, they'll be, be able to deeply connect with, you know, men and women of the world, right. And their children and, Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Do you feel like a big part of, of what, both men and women experience is just like a lack of safety of being true in, in their own skin or true in this world that we, that we live in. Cause it feels very unsafe at the moment. The way that I see it all is nothing is safe. Mm. Nothing is safe. It, it's a light to say that there's safety anywhere nature is the most unsafe (laughs) that's true yeah yeah what we've come up out of has no safety it just has what's happening it's Mm. it just has what's here and what is happening doesn't care about our safety what it cares about is honoring nature is honoring the seasons is honoring the way that the energy is starting to move and flow that's obviously one way of looking at it the other way that i approach this is again safety is not a thing so when we're clamoring for it Mm. when we're doing everything we can in our power to find some sense of it we end up being disappointed most of the time or extremely coddled and shut off from living a life of aliveness and passion and ecstasy and deep guttural feeling, which is one of the most potent places that we can be. Now, also with safety, I don't even know why the word exists. Mm. And I feel like the only reason the word exists is because we have been brought up in societies and cultures that so deeply lack integrity, care and compassion that we've had to create a word, we've had to create a term, which is the opposite of that, that we have to find in spite of what we're experiencing in the environments that we're in, right? In order to have some feeling of respite, rest, restorativeness, groundedness, the ability to open, surrender, to recharge, and we need a safe space for that. Why? Well, because what we're in is not... uh, is not here for us. It's not here to support us or to love us. It's actually here to take from us, Mm. whether it's government, whether it's, uh, you know, different types of systems, whether it's how traumatized women have been mishandled deeply by men or now the women raising little boys and teaching little boys how to be men, bringing all of their past uh, disdain for the masculine and just plugging it into their sons not because they intend to, but just that's how energy works. Mm -hmm. These men grow up and then it continues to become more and more unsafe, right? Who raises our men? Women raise our men for the most part. Uh, 
that's no fault on them, right? This is a right. collective, uh, this is a collective thing we have to really be willing to examine, look at, and meet face on, starting as ourselves being individuals, right? right. Examples and ambassadors here now. But safety, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. My life was miserable when I was looking for safety. Mm. I experienced freedom open up in me when I started to practice acceptance of what is, where I stopped resisting everything, and that allowed me to drop deeply into presence. There are different levels of safety. Obviously, there's spiritual safety. There's uh, physical safety there's i'm in a room right now and that guy has a knife you know that's another form mm -hmm. of safety so there's just so many different levels of it but in the spiritual context where right now everyone's looking for safe spaces and it's just sterilizing us and it's mm -hmm. making weak and entitled and we start to forget that we are here to serve life rather than life being here to serve us Mm. And how we think things should be you can be out on a very safe day and the sun can be shining and two seconds later a tsunami comes and that's your ass mm. so i stopped looking for safety a long time ago and when i work with women it's double-sided the first is a lack of feeling safe with men because of her experience with men uh which can only really transform over more experiences with men that are healthier. Mm. And then the second part of that is her fear of just being in her own body because she's never actually been with her own intensity. That's a lot of what I see when I do energy work with women. As soon as her energy really starts to come up for the first time in her life, maybe she's never experienced herself in this way before. All of a sudden, it feels good. It feels good. It feels good. Oh, no, that's too much. Now I need to get away. Yeah. You yeah. Know, how are you going to get away from it? Because it's in your body. It's you. Mm -hmm. What you're experiencing is you. So the other request for safety is because we have been trained to fear feeling. We're terrified of feeling. But to have more life force, to have more aliveness, to have more wisdom, to have more intelligence, more compassion, more sensitivity. Feeling is the only way to bring that in. Feeling is the only way to empower ourselves as human. And it keeps us human. When right. we stop feeling, we disconnect from the simplistic aspects of life. And we are seeing that now more than ever with the rise of technology and how quickly it's going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so many men that pass my way do feel like they're sedated, that they literally are robots with no sense of real, true, let's say presence and, and intention in their lives, you know, present when you hate yourself. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. almost impossible to be present when you don't value your truth. And the reason they're hiding is because they've had to swallow down their truth and push it down over and yeah. over and over again until they've got nothing left. What turns us on in life, our bliss as men is speaking our truth, is moving into the world with our firmness and our directness. So when we don't get to do that and we have to hide it, we wither. We wither away and we forget who we are, what we are. And then that's when the problematic behaviors start. Mm -hmm. I've seen on your website, obviously, you have a bunch of different courses. You offer your coaching and your retreats and group stuff and individual stuff. Is one of your coaches a good, um, one of your coaches, one of your courses a good place for a man that's listening? Like, okay, this is all very, uh, it, it resonates it's maybe a little triggering, but like this, uh, this, there's so much truth to this. Cause I'm feeling it like seeing my, my, myself 10 years ago, 15 years ago through the eyes of that younger guy being like, okay, this is, he's so on it, but I'm scared, mm -hmm. but I know what he's speaking is truth. Mm -hmm. Where do I begin? You mm -hmm. know, is that a good place to begin one of your kind of self-guided things or is it? Yes. I guess there's 
so e even on my on the website before men come for any type of one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching we recommend that he takes the sexual energy cultivation and semen retention mm. uh, workshop mm. that's on the website it's a recording that you can uh, purchase and watch online it's three plus hours and it's not just semen retention that's a part of it but most of it is geared at everything i'm speaking here today because mm -hmm. you do one thing is how you do everything so why semen retention to begin with well, yes. why even do that yeah so i go really deeply into masculinity being here in a male body and, and living life from that place and sharing some things that i've discovered through my process with myself and through working with thousands of women over the last decade with thousands of men over the last decade and just being a messenger for that just passing that on um, and there's also a lot of energetic stuff that happens in that workshop as well where men will come back after watching it and will feel a real deep shift has occurred um, and he doesn't even have to believe in energy <laughs> right right i i feel like personally the well i've gotten into dr joe dispenza's work and meditation and going to a bunch of his retreats i think uh the first one i went to in in cancun actually was uh life-changing in some sense of just how much everything is energy and i just didn't know i just was naive you know and then getting into uh, a more of a consistent meditation practice really got me into like oh weird as things started to kind of manifest themselves or like i'd think of something and then a week later it'd pop up and like holy shit this is all connected you know and i don't i'm just barely touching the tip of the iceberg i know in my own understanding but i also with plant-based medicine, mushrooms that I've done. And like, there's a whole nother, oh gosh, there's multiple, of course, and there's probably layers, but it's like getting unplugged from the matrix mm -hmm. and then being awoken to seeing life through a completely different lens, you know? So I think what you speak of is so on point, so on point. Thank you. Thank you. And just have men start with presence, with just cultivating some presence. Mm. Because to have presence, you need awareness. And the biggest issue that I see with men out in the world right now and with myself in the past is the level of distraction. Huh. Just all day, every day, distraction, distraction, dispersing himself, uh, ejaculating to porn, being on his phone eight hours a day. Like there, there's, everything is moving outwards and he's not being with actually the core and the essence of who and what he is because that will end up being your north star mm. never going to be in the external it's in what is coming up from the internal wanting to externalize itself so the way i look at it is if there's nothing moving you stay still and stay still until the stillness starts to move you because then you know the movement is coming from a place that's connected mm. yeah um, and obviously it's somewhat tricky to speak as deeply as I'd like to about all these different little things we're touching on in, in 45 minutes or an hour. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole area um, that if men are interested in, I mean, there's, I've got a lot of free resources out there for men to just kind of delve into if they feel like they'd like to do that. Uh, but the presence piece is number one. In number one. I do with men because if you're not here that's it you're either here and we can work with something and you can work with something or you're not here you're out to lunch and life is being done to you mm. and life wants your presence like that's the that's the beautiful part of it when a man starts to simplify himself and really come back into his body and start to cultivate a relationship with beingness and when I say presence, what I really mean when I say presence is feeling your own beingness now. Because you only have now. There's no future. There's no past. There are things we can fantasize about. right? We can move in certain directions based on those concepts. But you're always going to be in the now. 
So your relationship with beingness has got to be the most important relationship you build because you'll never be in the future. You'll only ever be now. So how do you sit in now? Do you resist now? Do you say, no, I don't like it the way it is right now. I need to change it. Do you uh, have disdain towards it? Do you feel victimized by now? That's a big thing right now. Right? Mm-hmm. People victim consciousness, people throwing themselves pity parties every day. Like, why is life always picking on me? Be careful of those narratives because they drain you. They suck you dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just now. And having practical tools to be more present, such as feeling the body, uh, feeling the breath, relaxing the body. I always say relaxation is my religion because when Mm. I practice and I'm closer to God, anything that is not relaxed in you is essentially pushing spirit out. There's no room in you. Relaxation opens space, it opens breath, it opens your ability to receive life, direction, wisdom, intelligence. So we have to come back first to the practical application of presence in as many moments as possible in your daily life. It's not about a meditation practice. It's not about a Qigong practice. It's not about 20 minutes here or an hour there. It's about how do you step out of bed in the morning? And are you living a present life rather than just sitting for 20 minutes, meditating, okay, I've done it. And then you get up and you go back to the distraction. That's not going to help anybody. This is about, can I bring my presence to every single simple thing that I do in my life, such as picking up the glass of water? Can I fully be with the water? Can I really taste every nuance that the water is delivering to me, the texture, the temperature, following where the water goes when I swallow it? All of this is beingness and penetration. So if a man comes to me and says, how do I be present with a woman? How do I penetrate her beautifully? I'll ask him to have a drink of the glass of water in front of you. And that'll tell me everything. Or watch how he eats his food. That'll tell me everything about how he is being with a woman. How he speaks with me will tell me everything about how he makes love, how he fucks, how he deals with himself, how he walks, how he breathes. How we do one thing is how we do everything. Right, So bringing presence to now will have you be able to see how you're functioning. You're exposing yourself to yourself. Oh, I just felt a lot of anger come up because of something she just said. That's a beautiful thing to catch because it means it didn't possess you and you didn't get owned by it. You didn't Mm -hmm. log into attacking her. Instead, your presence and your awareness noticed and felt and saw, oh, there's a lot of anger arising in me right now. Okay, let me just be with that. Let me feel it fully. Not put a story on it. Not put words on it. Not even give it a meaning. You don't even need to call it anger. Just feeling, observing, noticing. Uh, That's just my very condensed version of uh, being present in life because that's where our peace is that's where your peace is that's where your love is that's where your compassion is it's interesting you say that because <clears throat> i told you before we started recording i was feeling kind of raw and emotional <laughs> um and a couple of nights ago i was triggered by an interaction i had with a woman and i my initial reaction was hey i texted my brother Hey, you got a second to talk. And this is late at night, like 1030 at night. He's like, yeah, but I need a few minutes. Like I'll call you in 10, 15. It's like, okay. So my natural thought was to go talk to my brother. And all I was going to do was just, she said this, and I'm thinking that I would have just, I got back to everything being up here in my head. Mm-hmm. And I laid down, put on my AirPods and, and I turned on some meditation music quietly just to sit with it. And I was initially angry. I was really angry, right? Just like you're saying. Within 60 seconds, I just started weeping. Mm-hmm. Just started crying and just the energy that I had. And I quickly texted back, like, don't need to talk. I need to sit with this. Mm-hmm. And I spent, you know, not the next hour kind of doing a process, which 
I only say that because the younger version of me had no tools. I had, I had no idea how to process something like that, nor would I have been able to feel comfortable sitting with because because you keep saying like it's confronting, and the confronting is like, oh shit, it's 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 unnerving, right? And I think a lot of times we avoid the confrontation as nice guys, right? Even as bad boys on either side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the ability to I think have that courage, the willingness, the the curiosity to to confront those things that are coming up with us and and not necessarily um Christine Hazard often kind of in her coaching be like, you're Johnny, you're so judgmental of yourself. You're judging everything as right or wrong. And a lot of that comes from my kind of religious upbringing. But I think a lot of that too, I see that in other men, regardless of their upbringing, is like, we're just very judgmental of ourselves and making ourselves right or wrong mm-hmm. in everything we do. Do you feel like that's something that is valid in, in my own process and in other men's processes as things come up that are confronting to not let themselves go down that rabbit hole of really starting to try to put a label of like, oh, this is good or bad or healthy or unhealthy Yes, and, and just in relation to their entire life. Mm. Because nothing really means anything. <laughs> right. It's just happening. So yeah. It doesn't mean anything. I always use the metaphor of I can sh- be in a room with two people and hold up a pink, fuzzy, cute teddy bear. One of them will feel warm inside. The other will drop into trauma because their abuser, when they were younger, wore a T-shirt with a pink, fuzzy teddy bear on it. Mm-hmm. Now, it's just a pink fuzzy teddy bear. Also, if you look past the names that we've called it, the pink fuzzy teddy bear, it's just a thing that's there and it will be gone soon and then it might come back and then it will be gone again. Mm. But our whole life is dictated and how we experience our life by what our ego calls things, mm. meanings and the judgments. Uh, I always say that we are only free or that we can only be free when we drop that aspect of us completely where now we are just watching life the same way that you watch a television screen and you're seeing a movie playing out in front of you. You're you're just watching it. You're just observing it. There's no deeper meaning that you're placing on it. And I always feel that. And what I see with people is if they're not in contact with their essence from a felt sense, they're looking externally to try to put deep meaning on everything to give them a sense of meaning. They want to make everything sacred. They want to make everything divine. They want to use these words. They go over the top to do these ceremonial types of approaches to life. Now, there's nothing wrong with them. But oftentimes I see that the more someone is in that space, it's because that just sitting in a room or sitting on the toilet, they can't feel their own essence, their own meaning, their own simplistic beauty in the fact that Just sitting there, you're enough. Just sitting there, you have access to everything you've ever wanted. And the more that you can drop into that and to settle into that and to allow that, the more beauty and abundance that will naturally swell up in your life. But to answer your question, it's a great practice to refrain from putting meaning on anything. Because then you're free. And for me, I feel like uh, a big part of, quote unquote, becoming kings, becoming um, a version of ourselves that we're proud of being in life has a lot to do with freedom, experiencing abundance, um, which to me comes right back in line with what you're saying, where like it's, it's not the acquisition of things <laughs> in the future or in the past. That abundance and that, that true wealth comes as a result of being present in the moment and gratitude, just being like, Oh my God, I have, I have air in my lungs. I have people who love me. You know, I love myself. I'm in integrity. It's about men who, you know, can, can step up and be leaders when called upon without any um, conflict, internal conflict. Right. And the conflict is because, We've been convinced as men that we have to become something, Mm. right? Because if we have to become something, now that equals more stress, more judgment, more, oh, I'm not the thing that I'm supposed to be. So now I have to like become 
another thing. Well, why would you need to become another thing if 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 you were already completely powerful and potent and already in your kingdomship, just mm-hmm. sitting on the toilet, just to use a very <laughs> relatable, relatable. You know, do you feel like a king on the toilet? Because we don't need to become anything. We're already what we are, and that's enough. The work that I feel we need to do is to drop the ideas of becoming or changing or even developing. We don't need to develop. Life is developing us. All of this is handled. Hmm. We just need to be present with it as it's happening so that we can get the memo, so that we can move in the direction that life is attempting to move us in, Hmm. rather than fighting it, pushing against it, having our fragility and our feeling of lack be the thing that drives us to try to get successful because that's what cripples everybody. It's mm. the same coin, just different sides of it. Yes, true. But anyone listening right now, men or women, just where you're sitting right now, can you just be in your body and feel into yourself, right? To have that be enough. What if that's all you ever get? Because it kind of is. And when you start to stop resisting, when you refrain from resisting where you're currently at, that's when the floodgates open and life yes. can really come in to support you. Yes. Yeah. So less less tantrums of, well, I want it to be a different way, less of the entitlement and more of the, you know, being here in service. Okay, life, like, what is it that you want to use me for? How can I be most useful right now? If you want to. Otherwise, do whatever else that you want. <laughs> right, right. None of it really matters so much. So Right. Uh, but I, what I really want through my work is to have people understand that they don't have to suffer. That's the biggest piece for me, is that suffering is not inevitable. Challenge is inevitable. But how you look at the challenge, how you relate with the challenge, the meaning that you place on the challenge, that's everything that creates our suffering, our identifying with the challenge. All of our identities that we place on ourselves is what causes suffering. Mm. It causes us to not be free because mm. I want to be this, right? I want to be that. Or it's funny when I'm introduced on podcasts, like obviously I need to have something to be introduced by. So I'm like a master energy worker and, I'm, and I hear these things and I have to immediately forget them because they would only cause suffering for me. They would only have me not be able to show up as authentically as I can as an individual, as a human, as a man, whatever that means in this moment mm. and to serve. So Again, we are in a time in our society where identifying with something, with something different is very trendy. And for many people, they see it as an opportunity to, to move into healing, right? I want to identify as this, or I want to identify as that. Be who you are, love who you want to love. Like, I don't care about any of that. But the more we bring identification into our experience, there will be more mental health issues, there will be more confusion, mm-hmm. there will be lostness, and there will be less embodiment. And that's the truth that I speak. You don't have to receive it, but I have seen it over and over and over again. Whatever we identify with, that is what holds us down and slaps us. <laughs> Are you done yet? Are you done yeah. yet? You want yeah. to stop identifying yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it feeds the ego. It feeds the monster in us. 100%. Yeah. So presence, awareness, just be with what is. Just watch it for what it is. Hear it for what it is. Taste it for what it is. Less judgment, less label. So then when a man comes to a woman, comes to his partner, he can see her for who she truly is. Mm-hmm. He can hold her in her isness. He can penetrate her with the godliness that moves through him because he's gotten out of the way in his own way. Mm. Then now he understands that he's just simply a conduit for spirit. Mm. Not to get too deeper, but but such so though. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. we're not the power. 
And the biggest crux is us being convinced that we are the power or that we can be the power or that we can lose the power. We're not the power. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had to learn that the hard way as a man. Uh, me too. Navigating our fragile egos. That was a lot of my maturation process. Yeah. You know, poking my chest out, thinking I was all that. It's like, yeah. no, I'm nothing. Yeah. I'm absolutely nothing. And like, yeah. Yeah, it's always humbling to think that, you know, hundreds, mm-hmm. a thousand years from now, no one remembers, <laughs> no one will probably remember any of us, you know, and that it's just about being in this. We're just blessed to, to cross paths like I'm crossing paths with you in this moment. Like it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I, and I agree with you that a lot of times my own suffering, I have to catch myself that I'm making it about me. It's just about my ego. And the mm-hmm. more I'm making it about me, the more that suffering exaggerates and and feeds upon itself when i let go of that sense of ego and labeling and everything else the sooner i can can move through various things and 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 even to your other point i often feel like when i'm really struggling it's when i feel um when i'm experiencing a separation from what i call source Mm -hmm. it's only when i'm in alignment with source do i feel present in the moment and do i feel uh, truly on purpose or in integrity. <laughs> and, uh, and, no, and I, I'd love to hear your response on this just for yeah. other people to hear it. How do you know in the moments that you're aligned and connected with source? How do you know that you're aligned and connected with source in that moment? What, what is the experience for you? To me, when I'm really dialed in, I feel like it's, um, there's a, a warmth there's a, uh, it, it, it's manifesting itself from love, from my, like, from my chest, from my heart versus it being thought about, you know? <clears throat> so to me, it, it oftentimes feels like it's an alignment with, with love. And I feel that, you know, being a believer in God, I feel like God is love. And I feel like I am just the eminence. I'm the demonstration of of God. And so when I feel like it's coming from that place, that's when I feel like it's, it's true. Mm. Is where I'm at currently. And that mm. might change in the future, but that's kind of my answer to that question. And also it's probably the place where you feel the safest, right? <clears throat> 100%. 100%. That's it. That's when we're in con- connection to the felt sense of our own essence we move into such a deep sense of safety and being held that you know you're in your essence where if you were to be taken right now, you're okay with it. Totally. To me, that's that's one of the biggest uh, settling settlings that starts to happen in the body when you're in contact with your essence. You no longer feel like you're out here alone. You're mm-hmm. so deeply supported. Again, not from here, not from an idea, but you feel it in your body. You feel a holding in your body. You feel a nurturing in your body. You're being held through life and supported. Uh, and you can tap into that anywhere, even on the toilet, as I said. Yeah, yeah. On the, I, I on the porcelain throne. That question, just to, um, to hear their response. But what always remains the same is that it's a felt sense. Yes. Right. They feel sensations in the body that actually have them experience that yes yes and maybe what i can kind of uh, finish up with on that point for men one of the most potent powerful and important parts of your body physically in order to tap into your energetic positive pole which is essentially your energetic signature, where all your creativity comes from, where your grounding comes from, how we love in the world, how we penetrate into the world is your cock. Mm. Relationship that you have with your penis, your prostate, your testicles, your pelvis. Focus as much as you can gently on feeling and being present just visiting your penis, spending time with that area of your body, not aggressively rubbing it, not jerking it off, but just being very loving, sensitive, and aware of that area. 
because when we can start to rebuild all of the dysfunction and perversion and the shame that has been programmed into that part of our body, we can really start to stand up and feel like the kings that we actually are. Mm-hmm. All going to emanate from a man's healthy ability to accumulate and to hold life force energy in his positive energetic pole, his positive charge, which is his genitals. Mm-hmm. And it starts to fill up, it naturally comes up and it naturally penetrates the heart and it naturally opens him and it will essentially catapult him into starting to have to feel himself, mm. to feel his fears, his insecurities, his traumas, uh, to get right with his inner woman, right? So he can be a lot more comfortable in loving, in receiving love and being compassionate. Um, and that can really only be achieved in a healthy way when it's done through the connection with the genitals first. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's a bypassing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, again, it's it's a relatively big area where I could say a lot of different things on, but just given the time that we have, it's, it's not so possible. But start there. Just start noticing what type of relationship do you have with your genitals. Uh, this mm-hmm. is also why men may feel the need to jerk off and ejaculate a lot. It's because anytime a little bit of energy builds up in his power center, he gets antsy, he gets aggressive, he gets mm-hmm. ag- he gets agitated, and he needs to release it. All he's doing is is weakening himself. Mm. Is that energy is just exposing the parts in him that he's not really wanting to go into, or that he's just not being given the tools or the understanding mm-hmm. of how to go into that part of him. Mm-hmm. All the more reason why to jump into your, as you mentioned earlier, sexual energy cultivation and semen retention workshop. So it's all on awakenedintent.com. Go to the courses part of uh, Chris's website. There's a bunch of different things, the way of the woman, energetic self-healing 101, but I agree with you that, uh, and I'm going to take it as well. Um, Starting with that would be an amazing, amazing place because I think the it's one of those things and why so much love speaking to to men like you who are doing the work is um i almost feel like at least for me that the more i learn the more i realize how much i don't know <laughs> you know there's a, a humility that comes right totally yeah yeah the less i think i know the more i probably know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 which brings me though to my kind of maybe my last question and wrapping things up what for you personally because I think it's always important to, to see too. guys can tune into you and be like, Oh my God, Chris is like Mr. Miyagi. He's uh, you know, he's, he's got his, he's the Yoda. He's got his shit figured out. And yet in, in reality, you're just another dude on the path, you know, as we all are. And so I think it's always a great question to, to ask, like, what are those things that you, maybe one thing that comes to the top of your mind, the things that you're really working on in yourself mm. right now, personally. Mm. So I guess my edge right now in in terms of kind of where I'm at is the fact that my work or my message and what I'm sharing is very quickly getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. So I've had to reorganize some things in my own life in terms of how I work, right? How I take clients, etc. But more than that, my bigger edges, for me, I'm very much cool to just be in a room, sitting on a chair, looking at a wall, and I'm in, I'm good. Like, I'm good mm-hmm. just being there. Mm-hmm. And one of my edges is privacy right now, because the more your work gets shared, um, I'm having, and this has been happening for the past year or so, but you know, 12 months specifically, something just shifted. It doesn't really matter where I go. Someone's going to recognize me. And I'm not a celebrity. I'm not like a super famous guy. So it's very strange how it happens that way. Mm-hmm. The edge is protecting my privacy. And also just being at an airport or being at a cafe or and having people approach me and saying, oh, hey, I know you. I love you. At the beginning, everything in me would go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
like get out get away yeah yeah danger stranger danger <laughs> uh, but but my work really has been happening over the last 12 months of again being with what is it's been a really beautiful challenge for me to accept to be in complete acceptance of of that really core because i know it might sound on a superficial level but for me it's always been a really deep core thing for me where even as a child you know i would as soon as dinner was put out food was put out on the plate i would take it go to my room close my door lock my bedroom door and eat it in my room watching tv you know in mm -hmm. my own i always would look little for bubble. little bubbles my own little mm -hmm. caves and that's just how i used to navigate my level of sensitivity and the fact that I would just feel everybody and everything that they're in all the time. Mm -hmm. I had to create these spaces of bubble wrap. And now, uh, especially in the last 12 months, there's been big shifts that have happened in me personally, where I can now be available to that. And it's Amazing. become a really beautiful experience to just meet people that I wouldn't have met otherwise and have them coming to me and sharing gratitude. You know, what a, what a, gift what a blessing to be able to receive so i guess that's been my main edge well, which man. like i've i've uh i've capacitated to know and i'm enjoying it now and the new edge for me after that is where do i live i've been nomadic for 10 years essentially and that's really a big thing coming up for me currently is where's home other than in my being right where's 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 my place where's my community where's the people yeah which is interesting because i thought about that too for a long time i was like oh the laptop lifestyle and being able to travel the world and and then i realized like the older i get I'm like now there's something to be said about having some roots down and having a yeah a, even a physical uh semblance of home yeah so a lot dog. of what you just what I yeah. find you right I, I, I yeah wanna, I grew up with dogs and, uh, well, and because of my lifestyle so yeah yeah oh I love him so much um good little guy as he comes to say hello well Chris thank you and I think that last point really uh resonates with me too because again like you just here in in Denver because I've done a, a fair amount of work just with local guys like a lot of times I feel my energy being sucked away as people see me at the coffee shop or want to have coffee with me. I'm like, Oh, like, I just feel like I, I have to, I'm not even to where you're at just working to like, because I think to your point, I feel like, Nope, I, I got to retain, I got to stay here. I got to stay in my own little bubble. I can't keep, I just keep uh, feeling like my energy is being taken from me, you know, yeah, and then I have nothing to give. Time. What's that? I said, beautiful. So that's now your challenge. Yes. How can you walk into that? and not feel like you're being drained. Yes. Not feel like you're being pulled and to stay yes. totally available, open, but also boundaried if you need mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the beauty of life. It doesn't matter where we get to in our growth. As long as we're here, there's always going to be challenges. And when we can stop seeing challenges as scary things and start seeing them as like for us as men, like missions, all right, this is my mission if I choose to accept it. Mm -hmm. to learn how to retain and to stay in presence and in consciousness and in acceptance in spite of this intensity right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's everything. Like that's That would allow us to sharpen our sword again and again and again. Mm -hmm. Almost nothing creates even a ripple in our being. Just peace. which i love that which to me still comes back to that experience of abundance and not feeling massively depleted by anything you know um or by certain things in, in life so you'll only be depleted if you lose yourself you'll only yes. be depleted in moments you leave your body because your feeling is that oh it's too uncomfortable to stay in my body right now so i need to leave yes when we leave we drain even if you stay in your body in spite of the uncomfortableness and learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable, you won't drain. You just keep accumulating and accumulating and accumulating. Mm. Mm. 
yes, that's my next challenge. <laughs> that's my next edge for sure. Dude, thank you so much. Thanks for being on. We, I could obviously just keep talking to you, but maybe I'll have you on a, another time. We can go to the 202 level and the 303 level, but uh, so, so powerful. I really genuinely just am so grateful to have had this time with you and to connect. Um, obviously, guys can connect with you on awakenedintent.com. I'll put this all on the show notes, guys, so you can click there. Um, follow follow Chris on instagram.com backslash Chris, Awakened. Anything else? Uh, that I didn't mention that guys can connect with you on or um... I mean just have fun just enjoy your life it's, it's whatever is fun for you whether it's Amen. skydiving or whether it's just sitting on a couch looking at a wall do you do yeah. you don't let anybody come along and tell you that you're broken mm. or that you shouldn't do it like that know who you are and, and do you follow that mm. Amen to that. Do you stay present to the moment? Yes. yes. Focus on that connection. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, brother. Thank you. Thanks guys for listening to this episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. Definitely go check out Chris, follow him, check out his work. Uh, You will not be, uh, you will not regret it hundred percent. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks and take care. That's it for this one. And I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend, or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at johnnyking and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.